Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. Welcome back to Make Your Marketing Podcast. My name is Pia Larson, your host. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Danielle Hughes. She is the Chief Personality Officer, I love that title, of More Than Words Marketing, a branding and copywriting consultancy. She helps people like us and the brands that target them to develop your genuine personality brand. We're going to get into what that means too. Creating content that sounds like you and giving you the space of truly being yourself and your messaging. She is a wordsmith. She's been called a magician, copywriter, extranor, I can't even say that, a lifesaver and a badass. I love it. The four four of these are accurate. Uh, We'll have to talk about which ones aren't. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Extraordinaire. I know it's a mouthful. That yeah, word, it is, but, especially yeah. when you're trying to get it out. So yeah, so <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, so many questions. I don't even remember how we met, but I love your copy. So if you go to Danielle's website, the reason, well, it's it's brilliant and it converts well, but also I love that it's similar to kind of the copy on my website in the in the fact that it's got a little edge to it. It's, it's really funny. It's a little bit snarky without being mean. It's just, it's really entertaining and effective. So kudos to you. I love it. Thank um, you so much. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, of course. It's, it's rare that you get a, an interesting website that you actually want to read each page and sign up for the newsletter and everything. So wouldn't it be great if that wasn't rare though? Wouldn't it yeah. be great if everybody's website was engaging and compelling? I, and- I think we need to start a movement. <laughs> Yeah. I'm working on it, Pia. That's yeah. my goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One per, one small business at a time. Okay. So let's sure. dive into it. Um, yeah. You focus on helping businesses create what you call a personality brand. Can you tell us all about that? What does that mean? Sure. So to me, the term personal brand, right? Per, the very word personal means private. So, you know, years ago when sort of Instagram came onto the scene and you had all these influencers and everybody was talking about how you need a personal brand, it just never sat right with me. And I felt like, why am I sharing my innermost personal thoughts with strangers? Right. But our personality is who we are. Right. It's innately baked into us. It's on display all the time. And the levels of what we show to people within our personality go up and down. So I help people and businesses figure out sort of where is that line of what Mm. they're willing to share with their audience and what they're not. And then how do they shine a light and amplify the things that they are willing to share in order to be more human, to make stronger connections, and to have like a distinct point of view that separates them from their competition. 
So I, I love that distinction because everyone's heard the personal brand thing and it's just, it's just overdone and doesn't sit well with everyone. So the personality brand hits the nail on the mark. So speaking of personality, there's probably some listeners out there, maybe some CEOs, some people that are like, well, I don't really want to share parts of my personality. So how do you work with those, those clients and, and convince them or, or inspire them to think differently? So that's like the beauty of the term is that you can show what you're willing to show. You have to show something, right? And whether or not you think you're showing a part of yourself anyway, you are. So why not have more control over what you're showcasing? And, you know, you don't have to open up everything and show the world all of your innermost thoughts, but what are the things that get you excited outside of work? that you can bring into your message, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're looking for ways to show that you are a person beyond your organization. Even if you're a CEO, even if you're in an, an organization, you know, your extracurriculars or what you do outside of the office directly relate to how you perform your job. And so how do you bring those in in a way that just gives you more dimension, right? Like yeah. if you're a rock climber or if you make a lot of you know recipes, if you're a, a foodie, if you collect wine like I do, right? Like adding those little tidbits just makes you a little bit more human. And then when you meet people, they already know something about you to start the conversation that isn't, oh, so you're so-and-so and you do this for a job, right? Because that is so boring. So mm-hmm. if you can start with human element and then shift into what you do after the fact you've talked about who you are, it's much more relatable mm-hmm. and it automatically creates a stronger connection for people. Creating a personality brand. So this, the founder, the CEO, the, the, you know, the, they'll have their personality brand, but what do you think about creating a personality brand for the employees? Like, have you worked with clients like that where they, you can bring that out? Yeah. So actually that's something that I'm expanding into more and more because just because you work in an organization, you're still, you know, a unique individual, Mm -hmm. right? And so how do you bring more of yourself into your job in order to better understand what you're good at and better be able to advocate on your own behalf, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't have a true understanding of what what you do well in your job or certain aspects of your personality that are going to be beneficial to your employer, it's very hard for you to articulate that. But if mm-hmm. you know, you know what, everybody's been telling me that I'm super detail oriented or, or, you know, the thing that people remark about me is that I'm very thoughtful with my responses, then you can kind of share that with your managers and with your teams and get possibly assigned the right things that fit that aspect of your personality, as opposed to just getting jobs that are, you know, quote unquote, just for your role. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of times you get assignments based on who your boss thinks can handle a certain assignment. And if they have a better idea of who you are as a fully fleshed person, it's going to be easier for them to say, oh, I'm going to give this to Pia because, you know, she's, she's expressed that, you know, she's a really good leader um, or, you know, that she is going to take the time to do the research needed. Whereas, you know, Bob maybe would be better for this, this sort of assignment. Yeah. That's so it just helps you delineate. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I can imagine that creating a strong personality brand will also attract new employees for your business. What we work with clients, they forget that sometimes they forget that your website can also be a recruiting tool 
right? And you can attract 100%. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what what about people, uh, what about industries that are a little boring, like insurance or, you know, uh, you're, you're a funny gal. I think I have a little sense of humor. It's a little easier for us, I think, than that. So how do you work with clients like that? I mean, I think any industry can be interesting and exciting, right? You don't, you know, yeah, insurance can be boring, but insurance cannot be boring. Like there's this, actually, there's yeah. an insurance company in England called Dead Happy that is all Love built it. on the premise of people figuring out who, what they're going to do with their money after they die in a fun way. So like leaving their, instead of just leaving money to people in your will, you leave them experiences or <gasps> concert tickets or, and I love this I idea love that, that like you could be dead happy, um, right? So they've taken yeah. the idea of boring insurance and they've turned it on its head, which is amazing. But then, you know, you could have the most exciting industry and they could have a really boring website too, right? So I don't think that the That's industry true. is the issue, I think it's the people behind that product or that business. And, you know, again, it's, there's levels, right? I have a client who is a financial advisor. You know, when you're in finance, A, you have a lot of compliance and specific things that you can or cannot say in your mm -hmm. content. You're not allowed to make promises, et cetera. But like on his about page, we were able to add a little bit more of his story and, you know, be a little funny and be a little whim like more whimsical. Whereas, you know, the rest of the site had to be a little bit more, quote unquote, traditional. So I think there's places to look for how you can amplify the personality, but it's also just about writing in a more human way, right? You can yeah. be a little bit more formal and still have a much more um, familial, warm tone to your writing that takes into account your audience as opposed to just here's what we do, here's what we sell, et cetera. You know, turn that around and say, you need this and here's how we can help. Or we know that you're struggling with this and we want to be there for you. You're still talking about the same thing. You're just yeah. switching the way you talk about it. So you mentioned an uh, about page, um, which I technically know that that's the second most visited page on your website, Statistics Show. So uh, what are some of the mistakes you see people make on their about page? And what are some tips that you can, can share with our audience? So the mistakes that people make is that they forget that the about page is about you, but it's for your audience. Mm. So you are telling your story, yes, but it also needs to be focused on your audience. So I like to start with the brand positioning on your about page you have to presume maybe people don't even go to your homepage. So how do you set up at the top with just sort of a little quick refresher about what the company does, but in a way that's telling your audience how you're going to serve them. And then you can get into, you know, your mission or your vision or your why, your team members, you know, it depends on the size of the organization and the complexity. Um, if you're a solopreneur, you know, a quick sort of like, you know, here's what I do, here's how I help you. And then it's like, here's my story. Mm -hmm. And at the end, you can get into like, when I'm not working, here's the things that I like to do for fun. I live here. Here's my pet, etc. You know, if you're a larger organization, there's still got to be a reason. Why was this company founded? How did it come about? What are you looking to achieve? And again, remembering that, like, why should people care? Yeah. Right? This is not just like a place for you to dump your bio with all of your accolades, position it in a way that helps the audience see more of you, right? So if you're going to tout your accolades, 
why does that matter for them? Did you help, you know, help a client with revenue? Have you, you know, helped clients get awards? Have you gained traction for them? Right. So like toot your own horn, but in the context of why it would matter to mm. somebody reading it, who's coming to your site for the first time. That's awesome. So incorporating some client stories, um, making it human. Testimonials are yeah. good or stats, any yeah. stats. So I imagine, and you can, confirm this or deny it, but I imagine since the pandemic, 2019 seems like forever ago, since we entered this new error, era, error, error, yeah, it's an error. Error. There is seems to be a need for more human connection between businesses and their clients and customers. Um, you know, more caring, more transparency, um, just getting back to being more human. Um, have you seen that with your clients and, and have you been helping them with that? A hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, there's a um, thing that I've seen that's going around that I put in my presentation sometimes that says like, there's no more B2B or B2C. It's H to H, human to human. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. They're making an emotional decision. And, mm-hmm. you know, in this era that we're moving into a of more virtual connections, right? So needing to have more humanity because people are dealing with screens more, but also Mm -hmm. with everything that's going on in the world, you know, with polarization and with um, people being socially conscious, a lot of people really care who is behind the products, brands, and services that they're buying. And so they really do expect there to be, some level of humanity at the other end and showing that a you understand them but also be like who are the people behind the scenes that are making this organization run and are those people that you want to support with your money right because at the end of the day people are buying from us in some way shape or form and you want to make it easy for them to do that by giving them a reason to connect with you and really appreciate what you're doing and it's interesting when i get calls from uh, prospects, the amount of research that they have done before they even pick up the phone to call you is out. It's amazing. They're just, they, they read the articles, they listen to the podcast, they, they follow everything you do. Um, so it's even more important to, to be that human. The other thing, jumping into um, another one uh, issue that, that people have with content is the balance between search engine optimization and getting people to read your content. So for context, we all want more traffic. We want more eyeballs on our content. And for that, we have to use keywords and make Google happy. But then, you know, once you get the traffic there, how do you get people to read it? So what's, how do you work with people on that? Yeah, it's definitely a balance. And I 100% agree with you. I think there's so many people who are like, well, but we just need all the keywords to bring people here. But at the end of the day, if you get them there and it's a poor experience for them once they land on your page, you've just wasted all that money. But what's the point of bringing all this traffic if this traffic is not staying, right? Or if this traffic Mm -hmm. is not related, you know? And I I truly also believe that less is more. You need more engaged audiences and less just volume. You know, volume Mm -hmm. is not what's going to move the needle. It's going to be fans. Um, So it is important to think about, yes, what are people potentially going to search for? What are some terms? But beyond that, you have to make what you're creating in terms of your content compelling once they get there. So yes, of course, like do some research, 
you know, sprinkle in some terms that people might look for, but really you're trying to address their pain points and show that you understand them. And that has to read in a more human way than than if you just kind of used AI to just put in all of these fancy terms and jargon that don't mean anything. Yeah. I think I have more questions on that, but, but I think yeah, go ahead. you, you, you really hit it on, on the head with um, that balance. Can you give us an example um, of an article that someone posts on their website and how you balance it between keywords and getting them to read the article? And I, I think we could also take a step back to Pia and think about what are your goals, hmm. right? Because not everybody wants to have an optimized website for SEO, yeah. right? Like I don't really do that. I don't get a lot of my traction from just cold people finding me on the web. Most yeah. of the people that are coming to my website are referred to me somehow. True. So my website for me just needs to do more of a job in talking about what I do and my message and speaking to my audience. I don't really worry so much about getting found. So for, and that's a lot of my clients too. They're like, you know what? It's really just a calling card. My website just needs to give me credibility or a space for me to kind of express what I do, Mm -hmm. but I don't want a barrage of people randomly finding me. Yeah. So that's the one thing is like understanding what your goals are. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, when you work with a really good agency that does SEO, um, and I have done that in the past, for the most part, like they will just help you kind of amplify your article with some terms and words that will drive more traction, but they won't change it completely. So you could, you know, you could do it one of two ways. You could say, okay, we're going to create this article, you know, around, you know, dog sitting or something. Right. And so you're thinking about, okay, let's think about what are people looking for? Finding a dog sitter, finding a dog sitter near me, you know, looking, you know, things like that. And then when you've kind of like writing your article, you know, if you're looking to find a dog sitter, here are some things to keep in mind. But it doesn't mean that like your subhead can't talk about like finding Fido or, you know, picking up the poop or like you can have some more like fun things that are going to get somebody to be like, oh, this was really written by a person and funny, Mm -hmm. but somewhere in the context, it's still kind of, you know, targeting those specific things that people are looking for. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I mean by balance. And mm-hmm. I do have a quick story about this because I wrote a guest blog for a friend of mine that's going to be posted in like a week or so. And she runs all of the posts by her SEO person. And her SEO person came back and said, these subheads are too clever for Google. It won't find them. And like mm. made some recommendations for what I could do. And she was like, you know, don't get mad. And I was like, no, no, I'm not mad. I'm like, this is actually the biggest compliment anyone's ever paid me that my copy is too <laughs> clever for Google. But we looked at it and we said, okay, where do we want to make small tweaks in order to have the chance that the article could get found, but without changing everything. So there yeah. were certain things that I was like, I'm not changing this. I love this. And then there were some suggestions that she made that you could just add, you know, a specific word or phrase that would make it a little bit more searchable and not really change it much at all. So that's what I mean about finding the balance. Like where are you going to keep your integrity and where are you like, okay, like this, this isn't going to change it too much. It's not going to lose the meaning. So the takeaway for the audience is to have a really good SEO and a really good copywriter that talk to each other. Correct. (laughs) I feel like sometimes they're in silos, right? They don't, they don't communicate and it's really important and you don't want one to dictate 
the other. Like it's it's collaboration. So um, there are SEO copywriters out there, um, and mm-hmm. some of them are great. You know, again, it also depends on what your goals are, right? Like if you're yeah. just a, a, a business that just needs to put out a ton of content and you just want to get found and you don't really care, mm-hmm. that's fine, you know, yeah. but I, I think it's a matter of finding someone who hopefully has the qualities of incorporating the specific tactical terms you need, but also mm-hmm. the human terms you need to get engagement. Okay. So let's talk about, so personality brand, obviously your website, um, your, you know, employment page and everything, but there's so many other ways that you can show your personality. One of them is in there in your out of office email messaging, which I understand that you are uh, really good at writing. (laughs) Um, And it's my, one of my favorite things to do is to write a really clever one. So I want to hear an example of yours. Oh, oh, I love, first of all, I love that that's like something that you love to do because <laughs> I think that it's a, it's an art that nobody's ever really thought about. Mm-hmm. And I, I started it actually on a whim. I just was, I think I was started to be out of the office one day and I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to write something funny. And then it just, I got so much response. I get more responses to my out of office messages than I do my actual outreach messages. <laughs> that crazy. I was like, this, there's something here. There's something that people are looking for. I mean, it could be, I'm trying to think, um, I had a bar mitzvah a couple of weeks ago. And so my out of office message was something about like, you know, mazel tov and monuments. Cause I was in Washington DC and yeah. it was like a whole thing about how I was away at this family bar mitzvah and I might be up on a chair doing the hora, and we're also going to go see the Washington monument. And so, you know, I making a very fun subject line, but then also, and you don't even really have to say I'm out of the office. In, in that literal way. It's mm-hmm. just, Hey, you know what? I'm not here right now. Here's what I'm doing. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. And then you could always say, and you know what, if you're waiting on something, I promise you it'll get, I'll get, it'll get delivered. I'll be back in the office on this day. But for the most part, people don't care. And they just love the fact that you kind of left. People are so excited that people are taking vacation <laughs> or not in the office that I think mm-hmm. they're just like, good for you. Like I get so many like, good for you, as if you should be rewarded for taking a day off. Right? Isn't that <laughs> hilarious? So if you don't take anything away from this 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 episode, I think you guys, if you can change your out of office message, it is a game changer. Can I can I share one that I did? Because I love it so much. Yes. Oh my God, I would love to hear so, it. So p- part of my personality brand for fingerprint is that I um, and from the Virgin Islands. So I grew up in the Caribbean oh, on the island of St. Croix. Uh, I have sand in my toes at all times. So I'm always kind of like thinking of the beach. So regardless of where I am, I kind of start with that. So I open it up saying, imagine you're lying on a sunny beach and you have a pina colada in your hand. So I'm kind of having them envision where I'm at. That's where I am for the next 10 days and am unavailable. So they're just like, I got so many great responses like, damn it, I was so jealous. I wanted to I was join you. So mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine you're here. Oh, you're not, but I am. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> so yeah, that's amazing. Um, So to wrap up, I wanted to talk about one more thing that I know is cutting edge right now and everyone's talking about it. It's AI. So creating content with artificial intelligent tools and bots and software. Um, For those who don't, um, haven't dipped their toe in it, uh, there's different tools out there where you put in just a minimal amount of 
information and it's supposed to spit out like web copy, email copy, social media copy and everything. Where's your stand on that as a copywriter? So I think, I don't think that I have to worry about my job. Let's put it that way. I feel like I have job security. Mm -hmm. So far, everything that I have seen that is done like with AI, it's, it's just not there. It's not good enough. And it doesn't, it doesn't resonate. Um, It doesn't mean it's not getting better. And I think you can potentially, again, like work in tandem. Like if you want to put something in and try it with AI and then have somebody kind of like edit it or revise it, that's Mm. probably the best way to go. But from everything I've seen from people, like I've read a bunch of articles of people that have tried it and tested it, still not quite where it needs to be. There's always a few things that are just off or just don't make sense or don't sound right. You know, at the end of the day, I just, I think you should just get a real person, you know, and obviously it's always better to hire a person and give a real person your money than Mm -hmm. to, you know, use technology. You can use technology in other ways, like use it for automating Mm -hmm. your emails instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, scheduling them or use it for automating your social or things like that. But I wouldn't cut corners on connection. I think that's a mistake. Yeah, the biggest um, hole that I see is that when our clients work with copywriters, we we want uh, an interview to happen because we want that Mm. human connection. We want to hear your voice. We want to see you tell your story. And you can't get that from an AI, at least not yet. Yeah. Yes. I mean, an AI, like nuance is not there, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. understand sarcasm, humor, right? Things that are super important. So yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like at the end of the day, I can't prevent people from doing things just like you can't prevent someone from like going on Fiverr and hiring yeah. an expensive writer or designer. Yeah. But do I think it's smart? I think it's penny wise and pound foolish for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find you and, and follow you? I mean, I, they would love to have them come to my website, which is more than words, and actually, if you're interested in getting some fun out-of-office messages, I do have a freebie. If you sign up for my newsletter, it'll come to you and it kind of showcases some fun out-of-office messages and gives you ideas on how to create some of your own. Awesome. Um, yeah, I signed then, up for you know, it and I love your newsletter too. I've been reading thank it. Thank you. So thank I'll put you. A, a link um, in the show notes. And then obviously LinkedIn, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you want to find me on LinkedIn... Yeah, that, those are like the two best places is my awesome. newsletter and LinkedIn would be the most. So before I let you go, I heard that you were a wine lover, collector of wine. So what's your favorite wine right now? Oh, well, we are getting into red season. Mm-hmm. So it makes me very happy that, you know, it's getting chillier. At least I'm, I'm in New York, so we have seasons. It's colder yep. here. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on like a Zinfandel kick. I love a good, like peppery California Zin, okay. but I really like all. The, I really like all the wines. Any all particular wines, brand that you like, or um, there's a small company that most people have never heard of called Charter Oak that makes exceptional mm-hmm. Zin. And yeah, I mean, I like a lot of California Porter Creek is also great. I mean, really, I'm just. Uh, we'll we'll have that good. list for the audience because that yeah. I'm sure there's other I mean, wine lovers out there. <laughs> I got a whole hit list. All That's of Italy, awesome. all the Italian wines. Yeah. Well, this so has many. been very informative and helpful and I hope inspiring to, to just know that, you know, there's different types of content that you can think about and where you can inject your personality 
Um, and if you need help, reach out to Danielle. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Pia. This is great. Awesome. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.